The Gospel according to Matthew 18.21-35 Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seventy times, Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one would owe him. One who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him, and as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owned him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by his throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do it to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. Of all the disciples, of all the followers of Jesus, I like Peter the most. Peter is practical, he's pragmatic, and most of the times he gets it horribly wrong. But in our gospel for today, Peter finally asks a question that I think most of us, were we in Peter's shoes, would probably ask. Peter goes up to Jesus and says to him, Master, so how many times should I forgive someone? You know, if they do something bad against me, what, what should I do? Should I forgive them mm, seven times? And mind you, Peter picked that number because he somehow thought that seven was a good amount of time to forgive someone. But Jesus says to him, Peter, you're supposed to forgive 70 times seven. Now, for you math folks out there, that's a lot. <laughs> and you can almost hear Peter responding to Jesus and saying, Say what now? You want me to forgive someone 70 times 7? That's a lot of times. But then Jesus tells him a parable about the need for forgiveness. And he says, This king was settling his accounts, and he called one of his big debtors and said, Settle your accounts with me, or I'm going to throw you in prison. 
And of course, the guy gets on the ground and he begs and he pleads and says, forgive me, I have tried. I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get you everything that you wanted, plus some interest. I'm going to go get take care of your debt. And so the king, being good and generous, says, go on, fine. You have some more time to pay. But he goes and tells the folks that owe him money they need to pay up. And of course, this guy comes and says, you know, I have a wife and kids and stuff is hard right now and I just can't pay. But instead of giving him the same mercy that the king showed this guy, he throws the man who owes him money in jail until his family could pay. Well, you know, no bad deed goes terribly unpunished. And so somebody went and told the king, hey, do you know that guy that you forgave? He's out there demanding money from some guy. He threw him into prison. Well, of course, you know, the king calls him and says, uh, no, now you're going to suffer the wrath for what you just did. I forgave you your debt, but you couldn't go on and show mercy to someone else? Not having it. Well, Jesus says to them, to Peter, to us, we must forgive others from the heart. The challenge, I think, for most of us is that forgiveness is perhaps the hardest part of following Jesus. Our natural instinct when someone does something bad to us is not to turn the other cheek. Our natural instinct is not to say, I forgive you. Our natural instinct is want to hurt them back as much as they hurt us. We want vengeance, not forgiveness. And I think one of the challenges that this gospel poses for us is that we know how to wallow in not forgiving. We know what it feels like to lick our wounds and say, woe is me sometimes, and not forgive the other person. You see, we like to keep score. It's one of those things that we like to keep a running tally of where somebody has done something wrong to us. Like that servant in Jesus' parable, we want to keep accounts of what people have done. But here's the thing. Jesus says to us that as followers of him, we cannot keep score. We cannot keep an account of what people have done to us wrong. But we also cannot just go with a quick, heartless forgiveness. You see, the thing about forgiveness is, forgiveness comes when we are willing to confess and say what has gone wrong. It is only then that we are able to begin a process of forgiveness. Forgiveness is letting go of the hope that you can change the past, but also naming what that past looked like. A couple years ago, Mother Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church had another one of the many mass shootings. Nine members were killed. Dylan Ruth, a white supremacist that was arrested and finds himself in jail right now for killing folks at Bible study in church. A couple days after the shooting, the family and the church went and prayed for Dylan Ruth. 
they forgave him. And one of the family members said, the reason why we forgave him is because it is too heavy a burden to carry. He confessed where he went wrong, and they were able to let go that they cannot go back and change the past, but that they can build towards God's new future. I think that that is a lesson that we are called to learn. I think right now we as a church, as a nation, as the world, are reckoning with those places where we have not confessed where we need to reconcile. The legacy of white supremacy and racism in our country has never been really told until now. And I think now is the time that we can begin to make those sounds towards what reconciliation or forgiveness might look like. Because we are now beginning to tell the truth faithfully and fully. Forgiveness is hollow if we are not able to name those places and things where we have been offended and where we have offended others. Forgiveness, you see, according to David Luce, is the ultimate decision about the past. The decision to accept both that you cannot change the past and also that the past does not have a hold on you. Forgiveness is the decision about the past that ultimately determines the future. When you forgive, you release the past and enter into an open future. When you cannot forgive, you remain captive to that past until the end of time. Forgiveness in this sense is freedom. Freedom from the past, freedom for the future, freedom that God calls each one of us into. My sisters and brothers, my siblings in Christ, we are called to embody that sense of freedom, of reconciliation, and forgiveness. It means that we cannot hold on to those grudges, but we also must name those places where we have been hurt and where we have hurt others. There's a wonderful saying that forgiveness is a, self, a selfish act because it's about you, me, us, letting go of where we have hurt each other and hurt ourselves. I think the turmoil around white supremacy and racism that's occurring in our nation is occurring because we have never named fully where we have hurt and been hurt. There's this wonderful image from the 1928 prayer book where the priest, right before baptizing a baby, would say to the parents and godparents, name this child. I wish sometimes it had been retained in the 1979 prayer book, but that's a sermon for another time. But the point of that priest saying to the parents, name that child, was a way that if you named it, you could claim it. That God named us and claimed us as God's own. And I think that that is the beginning of forgiveness. When we name that child called racism, when we name that child called bigotry, when we name that child called hatred, when we name that child called white supremacy, when we name that child called division, when we name that child called partisanship, we can claim it and redeem it for God. Because as followers of Jesus, that is what we are called to do.
to forgive from the naming of our sins. And so my challenge for you, my sisters and brothers, my siblings in Christ, as you go out into this world this week, is to look at those places where you have been hurt, where you have hurt others, where you need reconciliation with yourself and with others in Christ. And in those places, name it and claim it and go back out into the world and redeem it for a God who forgives. Not seven, not 70 times seven, but over and over and over again. May God bless you, may God keep you, and may you find forgiveness and reconciliation wherever you may go. Amen.